Welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast, the weekly podcast about video games with news, reviews, analysis, and opinion. Keeping you up to date on how to wisely spend your money for video games, movies, RPGs, comics, books, and more for over 16 years. Find us online at gamersledge.com. And now, your hosts. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast, episode 70, or if you're joining us on iTunes for the first time, it's going to be labeled episode 3. Uh, this is the second version of our Gamer's Ledge Podcast, and we are a free podcast bringing you timely news about something we, and we think you, are passionate about. If you'd like to support us so we can keep making podcasts, please visit our website at gamersledge.com where you can read more stories, leave comments on what you'd like, uh, what you don't like and what you would like to see changed and ask questions for future, future episodes or video reviews you'd like to see posted. I am one of your hosts. Uh, I am both. And with me as always is Neo Sapien. Howdy. And trial access. How's it going? It's going fantastic. So gentlemen, before we get into the news and whatnot, let's talk about important things. What have you been playing? Neo? Uh, well, uh, thanks to the glory that is PlayStation Plus, yes, I'm going to give it a shameless plug. Uh, last night I was playing, uh, uh, what is it, Plants vs. Zombies or Zombies vs. Plants? I don't know which order it goes in, but whatever it was, it was fun. Um, Plants vs. Zombies, that's what it is. Uh, so that was, uh, that was quite a bit of fun. Um, also, uh, I've kind of put Bioshock 2, uh, off to the side recently. I played uh, a few hours of, uh, Sly Cooper instead so still working on both of those um sly cooper's getting pretty close to done here so i'll be moving on to sly cooper 2 right after that um so that and uh, i did take a look at the um the playstation mobile on vita which i hadn't dug into before and uh so far of the free games because those are the only ones i downloaded my favorite is the omg zombies uh that that is quite uh, quite a fun little thing to play so is that like a mini or is it for your mobile phone? I'm I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'd, I'd heard of the PlayStation Mobile. They launched recently. Uh, I really didn't know what it was and I hadn't looked into it at all. I believe it is uh, a combination. Some of the games are the minis um, and some of them are completely original. I believe it is for PlayStation certified phones. Uh, but if they also are all playable on your Vita, uh, it installs some runtime engine on it to play them. So my my guess is I believe that they are for the PlayStation certified phones, and then also the Vita is is able to run them. Uh, so they're they're all little small games. You know, one of them was a uh, kind of like Super Puzzle Fighter. Uh, one of them was the OMG Zombies. Um, another one was uh, had like a arcade uh, with like. Uh, solitaire and some other things in it, but that was only a demo, so I didn't keep that. And I can't remember what the other one was off the top of my head, but there's four or five of them out there that are free. You can download and just try out. Hmm. Solitaire on your Vita. Good job, Sony. <laughs> Every system has to have it. Every system. Trial access. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, um, this week I was a bad video kid. Um, I ran Pathfinder, the pen and paper, on Tuesday, but it went well, but nothing close to a video game. Um, other than that, it's been a pretty hectic week in the trial household. Um, so, <laughs> Nerd! Yeah. Pen and paper role-playing. Oh, wait. <laughs> I actually need to talk to you. We need to set up a game. 
<laughs> so as always, if you guys have any questions about that kind of stuff, um, feel free to hit me up. Um, but yeah, not not been many video games this week. So, Did you uh, the random pen and paper fact? How many of you guys watched uh, Tabletop? Uh, is that the uh, on the Geek and Sundry? Yeah, I have not started it yet, but I keep meaning to. It, it, it's pretty good. I, I enjoy it. I, li- I like watching, seeing games that I haven't played before. Sorry, Trial, I cut you off. No, I, I just, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Oh, okay, so YouTube <laughs> actually um, paid a bunch of people to make uh, new content for YouTube, and they hired Felicia Day, and she launched her own channel called Geek and Sundry, and it's her and Will Wheaton, and uh, the ones I've seen have had uh, um, Zabu from... Uh, the guild on there as well like the one i just watched they it was the three of them playing munchkin with steve jackson that was the first one that was the inaugural episode oh okay well there you go I, I can never tell it's what i don't like about youtube is i can't tell what order certain videos come in yeah in and they, then that the show isn't ordered isn't numbered because i guess it really doesn't matter what order you watch them in but well thanks for that now i'm my life is going to go down the tubes again so but Probably they do all uh, Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. But they demo <laughs> games like uh, Catan and Ticket to Ride, and uh, the last one they did is the uh, pen and paper for uh, Dragon Age. And awesome. they've got the creator there doing the GM role, and I totally forgot his name. I had it when I started this. <sighs> the dude that Starkiller is based off of, and he was Doomsday in Smallville, and he's... Oh. Uh, what's his face? The vampire on being human. Yeah, he's also Hilo in Battlestar Galactica. Or no, uh, uh, crashed down. In no, Battle he was Star crashed Galactica. down in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah. So you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So I mean, he's been in all these sci-fi things, but I didn't. He doesn't, you know, come off as a geek. But in in the first episode, the uh, the Dragon Age is a two episode, or I haven't seen part two yet. But in the first part, he reveals that he's used to being the GM and not used to being a player, and that just totally blew my mind. I, I just. I don't know why that just amazed me, but it just totally blew my mind. But anyway, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, Tabletop, good stuff. Uh, while you're at it, uh, Daniel, you, there, if you haven't checked it out, um, they have a, a series of D&D games um, that started out in podcast form, audio podcast form. That's the folks from Penny Arcade and Will Wheaton eventually playing D&D run by a Wizards of the Coast GM. And then eventually uh, they graduated to doing it at PAX, and so they started film, filming them. So I think they have the last three years' worth of two-hour role-playing sessions of these guys. It's absolutely phenomenal. You have to watch it. It's called Acquisitions Incorporated. I'm going to have to look that up. Thanks. Yeah. You, so it will burn uh, quite a few hours of your life also, just FYI. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, I actually – the only reason I know exactly what, what you were talking about there, Neo, is because I actually um, fell into YouTube in a hard way this last week. I literally digressed for two full days of doing nothing but watching YouTube, exploring link after recommended link after recommended link after recommended link. It was pretty bad. Um, and I fell down that rabbit hole. And as I was doing so, um, I found a video game that I knew a little bit about from uh, Internet Meme. Uh, it was called Slender, and uh, I, I started watching this, and I, I made my fiance watch it, and she started freaking out. She almost had a heart attack just watching the gameplay footage. 
And then she turned to me and said, you have to get this. And so I was laughing and I, I went ahead and I downloaded it. And uh, actually they're coming out with a new version of it called Slender of the Awakening, which is going to be a full game. Um, not just the eight pages game that's currently out there for free. However, Cost ten dollars to get the game, but if you pre-order it and put five dollars down now, uh, you can actually get the beta of the new one, which is a uh, better graphics version of Slender of the Eight Pages. And so I've actually uh, played through it. I've, I've gotten the, uh, I've gotten six out of the eight pages, but I've gotten some good uh, uh, video caps, and I'll be putting up a review over the next week for that as well. Um, have I? Neither of you have played it, correct? I hadn't even heard of it till today. Okay. Um, I've played the the this just the normal eight pages version that was. It, it needed some graphic update, but it still scared the pants off me. You know, and the, and the funny part is is uh, the the fiance she turned to me today because we were playing it last night in the dark with the surround sound on, and she would jump at every, you know, every owl, every cricket. Any the the sound on that game is so amazing for really setting the mood and kind of getting your hackles up. Uh, it's it just does an amazing job of setting this scary mood, and she just would jump at everything. And she that's what she turned to me today, and she said, "You know what really scared the bejesus out of me was the sound and the soundtrack." And I said, "That's why I ordered the soundtrack for the game because I knew I could uh, play it at Halloween." <laughs> scare children like we did last year. Nice. Yeah, most definitely. So I uh, was playing. I've been playing a lot of Slender: The Awakening. Um, I started playing Uncharted One uh, over again with the fiance because she's completely psyched about Tomb Raider now. Um, so we will be getting Tomb Raider, and that will be her first review from the perspective of a non-gamer. So we're gonna. I'm gonna help her produce that. We're gonna make it happen. Um, told her she had the timeline to finish the game. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. How can someone do a game review of a game they played and still consider themselves not a gamer? And this is coming from me, and we all know I've got some pretty hard-ass definitions of well, what a gamer is. She's kind of a, she's kind of a weird mix. She's mostly a casual gamer. I mean, she'll play certain things, but then she has the Firefly problem. Ooh, shiny. And she goes over there and that's the last she plays of this game. You right. Know? And so she's never finished an actual game. <laughs> she, she has difficulty with, you know, 3d movement and the whole move with the left stick, you know, look with the right stick. She's still getting used to that, but she's trying really hard. She can't play first person shooters at all. She gets a vertigo. No, she's really, not missing out much. Yeah. She gets a vertigo really bad. But the problem is, is that she she wails on the stick for the look, you know, for the camera movement, and she'll spin herself in 360 two times before she lets go of it. And I'm sitting there getting sick while she does it. <laughs> so it, it's a case of, you know, I, I'm like, look, you know, if you're going to play, if we're going to get you Tomb Raider and you're going to do a review, then you got to start with Uncharted and start getting used to the controls because they're going to be pretty much exactly the same thing. So, Yeah. Uh, but she is super psyched for it, so I'm 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 looking forward to that. That Sweet. video review should be coming up shortly after launch of the game. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit more of Borderlands too. I just cannot I can't get enough. Can't, can't get enough of your love, baby. That's it. 
Thank you, Smash Mouth. <laughs> um, so, let us then, anything else we want to discuss before we get into the good old-fashioned news here? Nope. All right. Well, then, news it is. Well, starting off our top story, Sony has told a Japanese developer, uh, game journalist, excuse me, that the PS4 will not support CDs and Super Audio CDs. Uh, 1994 called and asked why you don't love it anymore, and who cares? But in all honesty, I, I, I was talking about this with my fiance, and she looked at me and she said, no, I completely disagree. There are single women and moms out there and technically challenged people that have no idea how to rip CDs and put them on their iTunes, things of that nature. Although she did concede the point that you can probably find a YouTube video on how to do it. Does this... What do you two think of this? Is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? It's, it's a huge dent to my Super Audio CD... Cl oh, wait, I don't have any Super Audio CDs. <sighs> nice. Um, when, when, uh, when I was originally reading this over, it kind of surprised me because PS3s... Or, uh, the place Sony Playstations lately have been known as media centers and to take an ability like that off the board is pretty huge but then it occurred to me that I don't know very many people that don't use mp3 players nowadays or even just go on to iTunes and build themselves a playlist buying song per song um, the last time I actually purchased an album was probably five, six, seven years ago and it was as a gift, as a gag gift so I'm. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I don't know. Do you, do you do you think that we're just first world problem insulated? I mean, obviously there is a market for CDs out there, just like there's a market for feature phones. Well, yeah, I buy CDs uh, not very often because I don't buy music much anymore. Just don't. I usually just listen to Pandora or YouTube or whatever. But. I, I do buy CDs and, and I do rip them to my PS3. This this actually is a minor concern for me. The thing is, is I have an easy workaround. As long as it can still play MP3s, I just rip them on my computer, copy them to external hard drive and plug it in and it works. That's what I do now. I don't actually rip them to the PS3 anymore because I'm always running out of room. See, and that was my contention to my fiance. I said, hey, you know, Put the CD in your desktop computer over here and then play it on your PS3 anyways because it's a media center. Right. You can stream it. But she's like, I don't know how to do that. And I, it got me thinking, well, maybe there's more to this story than I'm just, you know, that I'm not really taking all the, the viewpoints into consideration. I, I have a feeling that those people that don't know how to do any of those things have probably never stuck a CD into a PS3 and probably don't even know it works. I, I think you're probably right. Trial? That, I think that's that's a really good point. Both of you make very valid points. I I just I don't I really don't see it being that big of a deal if if that's actually the case. We won't know for six months, seven months, ten months. <laughs> it better not be ten. It better be closer to seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next story you have got? You've got trial. Um, well, uh, EA and Microsoft um, have come out and announced that there's going to be a strong support line from EA on the upcoming Xbox, which is set to announce um, sometime near April before E3, um, which is probably the next big time we're expecting any news from the PS4. Um, but uh, EA has EA 
has shown that they are going to be supporting a couple more lines, new lines, with the newer Xbox. Um, and this is also drawing attention to the fact that EA was barely mentioned at the PS um, at the big PS4 conference um, or the big Sony conference. Um, it there was a little snippet that kind of showed the logo, but that's the most we got from EA in that in that matter. And I really expected that we would have heard a lot more agreements, as we have with some of the other things the PS4 has been um, tagging up. Um, like with the ability to do the special Sony cloud and all of that stuff, I would have heard, I would have expected to hear from more publishers. Um, but I mean, really, when you tear it down, does this really come as a surprise? Uh, many of the EA titles that are current on current gen Microsoft systems outsell their Sony and Nintendo counterparts four to one. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Well, I think, I mean, that last statistic you gave, that could be said of any publisher. I mean, and that's because right now Microsoft had the stronger and first install base and out of the gate, you know, they were leading. Uh, what concerns me is actually not that EA and Microsoft have formed some kind of new partnership as much as I think EA is actually in trouble. Their new IPs have not done well for them. Um, Dead Space reviewed really well. I have yet to see figures as to how the new one's done. Um, but, you know, they haven't really done what they set out to do in creating all these new IPs. Um, I don't know how they're doing. I know they're running way way behind Activision, duh, because they don't have, you know, Call of Duty. But it'll be interesting to see uh, when E3 rolls around and we get the, the team of uh, Campanelli and oh, the other guy who created uh, Call of Duty who left Activision uh, under not-so-good terms. Uh, they'll finally have their first game displayed and showing at this next E3. It'll be interesting to see if that creates a lot of buzz for EA or what's going to happen there, because I know they had to pay premium dollar to get those guys. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I don't know. I, I don't really... I agree. I was a little surprised that we didn't see a Battlefield 4 mentioned. Uh, we didn't see lots of different things from EA mentioned, but maybe they're just not at that point in their development phase where they could do anything. But then again, we did have you know Square Enix come out and ask us to please be excited for E3. <laughs> no, it was a please be excited for E3. That, that's that's very racist. I'm, that, I'm very, that is actually that was also very, very accurate. <laughs> What do you think, Neo? Besides, you're a horrible person. Are, are you? Uh, was that supposed to be like somebody from the trade embargoes of Naboo? I'm, I'm confused. It was a little trade federation mixed in there. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I hadn't uh, seen this this either yet. So uh, this is this is kind of my first glance at this. But I, I kind of am leaning towards your point of both of uh, EA maybe not doing so well is is are they going to come end up becoming kind of a second party developer for Microsoft this round maybe is that a big deal I don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't or maybe we're just jumping the gun it's hard to say I, I will say that the, the, the thing that that boggles my mind <clears throat> a little bit is that if Microsoft announces the 720 with the same specs that we have seen reported, then it's almost going to be a carbon copy of the PS4. And why couldn't you 
port games back and forth with the same amount of penetration this time, this go around. Uh, I, I think Sony actually has something up in it, its sleeve in that it's actually going to have exclusives. And for people like Activision and Microsoft, they don't care. I mean, Activision and EA, they don't care. Because as long as they can move units, they don't care which one it's on, as long as it makes them money. And now since they're only having to develop once, really, uh, it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I, I just don't – I was looking today, and I, I know it's not on our list of things, but I saw Watch Dogs announced development lead uh, platform is the PC. And it's, it's – they're already saying there will be no issues in translation to the PS4. Because it's basically a kick-ass PC. So we're probably going to see the same thing with you know, Ubisoft porting it to the 720. There's not going to be any problems because we're approaching that unified platform now. So as long as it pushes copies, I don't think they'll care which system it's on as long as it sells. You know, every time I hear that argument, there's just this little flash that goes off in my brain. And maybe it's just because I know too much about this, but... Just because you have the exact same hardware doesn't mean that porting is no problem because you can have a Mac and a PC, Windows, Microsoft PC, running on nearly the exact same hardware. And that doesn't mean you code once and you're done necessarily. So I hope the promise of the, of the easy to port comes true, but we're, 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 we're kind of glossing over the OS layer, which, okay, computer engineer education geek over here it's just kind of grating on me i just want to throw that out because i keep hearing this and yes it's going to be easier because you're not going to just a completely different mindset but we are missing the fact that xbox and pc and playstation are all going to have presumably very different os's unless Sony is buying a Microsoft kernel and using that as their OS, which would be really weird, and I don't even want to think about that right now. But just throwing that out there. Wait a minute. Aren't you the person that told us that uh, the new uh, navigation system for the PS3 looked like Windows 8? I, I am. I am. I did say that. I did say that. I didn't necessarily say it was a good thing, but that it, hey, you know what? If, 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 if Microsoft can stick its fingers into one more pie, they would be more than happy to, I'm sure. Any further thoughts from you, Trial? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> then what have you got for us, Neo Sabian? Well, uh, we've got another uh, executive because according to another article I read that I'm not covering, game fans love gaming executives. Uh, a uh, World, Sony Worldwide Studios president. Okay, Balth, you're going to have to help me. I have no idea how to pronounce his first name. His name is uh, Shuhei Yoshida. Shuhei. Okay. Well, I, I got the Yoshida. That part I knew. And actually, I would have pronounced his first name right. But And if you'd like to follow him on Twitter, his uh, Twitter handle is YoSP. YoSP? That's it. Oh, all right. Uh, anyway, he was talking to The Guardian uh, a couple days back and uh, uttered some words that I'm not sure. I'm, well, you know, it's game executives talking, so who knows how much credence it has at this point. But he was talking about having levels of service in their membership, such as having a gold, silver, or platinum level of membership. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "We we can do subscription services where we have when we have more content, especially now that we have the Gaikai technology available. With one subscription, you could have access to thousands of games. That's our dream. Okay, so it's a dream." 
So are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? Is it going to be now? Is it going to be later? I've actually tossed around the idea since the whole thing was coming to light with the PS4 of there being tiered access to what I'm thinking of as plus. Uh, your your no-cost tier would be basically you'd have gaming and streaming. Uh, your mid-cost tier would have some level of something. Maybe it's the game sharing and all that stuff. And then your top-of-the-line tier would be the equivalent of your, your plus subscription today. Uh, so I've, I've actually thought around these lines, and I'm not sure that it upsets me because if they're going to charge me $50 to get the same thing that I get with plus now on PS4, I'm going to do it. Duh. So anyway. You know, I, I think where this is leading, especially Yoshida has really tried to make a one Sony, a unified Sony, so that you don't have the media side, you don't have the hardware division, the PlayStation side, etc. He's trying to unify the company. And I believe that what we will see as the realization of this vision is not now, not at launch, not for probably several years into the life cycle, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a zero-cost PlayStation 4. And what you do is you pay a monthly subscription fee for all those services. That makes the most sense to me. It's a way to get the console into gamers' hands immediately. Uh, but then the, the question becomes, okay, what happens if somebody stops paying? Do they send a repo guy for your PS4? But... That seems to me like the ultimate ideal is get the hardware out there. I mean, it's what Amazon does. If you look at it, Amazon sells their Kindles at below cost because they want you in the ecosystem. They want you buying the games or buying games. They want you buying books. They want you buying apps through their ecosystem so that you become entrenched in their ecosystem. And I think this is one thing that Microsoft has done really well on the Xbox side. <clears throat> and Sony has done pretty well with the PSN, but if you look at PSN numbers, they're not anywhere compared to X XBLA. So I would like to see them do something to really kickstart, you know, maybe even subsidize it, if you will. You know, it's 99 bucks for a PS4, and you sign up for a two-year contract to do that type of stuff. I, I think it could be a very interesting way to uh, really embed the PS4 to the numbers like what we used to see with the PS2. What do you guys think? Trial? I think it's a really interesting way to look at it. Um, I, I, You kind of blew me off my feet. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. <laughs> well, I can talk then. Yeah. Uh, okay, on the one hand, as long as it doesn't cost me more than $50 a year, okay, I'm fine with that. On the other hand, I, I don't like being sold a brick and then told I have to pay more to make the brick do something. Uh, I, I am very – I buy something. It's mine. I want it to do something. It does it. I, I, don't, I don't like the model of continually paying. I don't lease my cars. I don't you – know, I, I don't set myself up in some sort of perpetual thing that I don't have to that I'm paying for something that I own forever. Uh, I, okay, yeah, I get you pay for the service, okay, but if I'm not paying for the service and the thing then becomes a brick, I'm not really paying for the service. I'm still paying for the thing. Oh, and th that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to do away with the standard, you know, $400, $500 PS4. 
I'm just saying that they do another SKU, basically, where you only have to pay $99 and sign up for a service. You don't want to do that. Great. You buy the PS4 and you buy your games a la carte and you don't have to do, you know, PS Plus or anything like that. But and you still get exactly what you're saying, you're 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 uh, signing up for. But for those that don't want to spend five hundred dollars, but might be willing to pay 40 bucks a month and ninety nine dollars down for the PS4, I could see that almost as a way for folks to, you know, basically for Sony to get the hardware out there really inexpensively and then subsidize it with the guaranteed revenue over the whatever the contract period is. Okay, I can see that. But no, I don't think they'll do away yet with, you know, different options. I I really do think this is going to be the last console generation. And I know we keep hearing that over and over again, but it's it really looks like that's where everything's heading, is heading to digital and, and in essence, you know, dumb terminal boxes that are going to be streaming the, the services and content we want via Gaikai or other kind of cloud-based technology. So it, it's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a it's a really interesting thing. I, I I really hope you're right. I really hope that you know whatever their platinum tier is that he's talking about ends up being exactly what Plus is today. Um, but I have a feeling that it's not going to be what you think it is. I have a feeling it's not going to be fifty dollars a year. I have a feeling it's going to be some kind of monthly charge that's more substantial that gives you access to all PS one two three and four games would you be interested in something like that well it depends on how much more substantive and i uh substantive rather 20 bucks a month 20 bucks a month for the entire one two and three library yeah yeah i don't know i i honestly i don't know because well, I've still got a PS1, a PS2, and a PS3, and a ton of games I haven't played on them yet. What about you, Trial? Would you be um, interested in something like that? Yeah, I would totally be interested in something like that. I, I, I'm I, not an old fogey who has a whole bunch of older gaming systems. and Get off my digital still, yard! I, I still go to the audio store to buy me some CDs. <laughs> I know, I gotta agree. <laughs> You're kind of old, dude. <laughs> Shut up. But... But anyway, um, yeah, I, I would, I would totally, because there's a lot of, of the older games that I, I find myself wanting to play or playing with the kids, um, that would be awesome if I'd had, if I had, you know, a streaming access to those, like, like a, a GameFly service. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I would say I, I would be interested if it was less than that, and if it was set up like Prime. Amazon Prime say where, you know, you can check out one book at a time or something like that. You know, if it was, you know, five, even 10 bucks a month and I could check out a game from, say, each of the PS1, 2 and 3 libraries at a time that I wanted to play, I could go along with something like that. I don't know, 20 bucks a month really just kind of breaks a barrier in my mind that I'm not going to use it enough to be worth that. Well, (laughs) to be fair... You don't MMO very much, right? I do not MMO very much. And those those of us that do, paying fifteen bucks a month or more, if you if you're on the market with multiples, which I have a lot of friends that are, um, paying twenty dollars a month for a service that'll allow you open game 
open gameplay. It's real. That's really not that expensive. I would, however, expect something like that, Mark Bolt, that you're talking about, to be more in the realm of twenty four ninety five. That's that's more of my guess. I think yeah. it's, it'll be more closer to the twenty five dollar price point. I will say that you did give me the uh, title for our show. What's that? This week, it's going to be uh, uh, twenty dollars breaks my cheap barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Love hey. you, Sapien. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I've got too many kids to feed and too many habits. <laughs> uh, trial, what have you got for the next story? Um, well, uh, word came out from the Japanese mothership um, that the PS Vita will not see a price decrease in the Outlands. That's everywhere that's Ooh. not ja- the Japanese mothership. Um, that hurts my soul. It really, really does. Um, I'll still end up buying one. I haven't. I have not purchased one yet. I had a really bad experience with PS with um, Gen One PSPs, so I'm quite paranoid. And also, I'm kind of being a neo about it, so I don't want to <laughs> drop a whole a bunch of money on something like that yet. Um, but it's on my it's on my list of something of things that I, I really, really want to get and experience. Uh, um, as I mentioned, I think maybe last week. Before, or before my brother-in-law brought down his Vita and he was perfectly happy to pay that price point for the Vita because of what it can do. It um, is amazing. And that's, yeah, I, when I was playing with it, it, it looked, it, it was a lot of fun. Go ahead. And I, I will say that, that a couple things before you buy yours. Number one, you need to get a 32 gigabyte card. You have to. And the reason I say this is because if you do get PS plus, which I highly recommend you do, you'll have like 18 games right away. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, Uncharted, uh, which... Wipeout. Yeah, Wipeout. Um, just literally... Uh, what uh, what was the one with Cat? Uh, Gravity Rush? Um, you'll get a bunch of stuff for free. And then the games I'd say you have to pick up for the Vita is it, got to be a Persona 4 Golden Edition. And, and then we'll never see you again. Just <laughs> saying. Uh Need for Speed, Most Wanted, because it's basically Burnout on a handheld. That's amazing. Only with real licensed cars this time. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, it, you know, there's so many good games. And Neo Sapien, you just posted a review of Uncharted. Uh, uh, Golden Abyss. Golden Abyss. What? What? Uh, why don't you uh, take a minute to uh, tell us about it and tell what? Tell us what score you gave it. Sure. Um, uh... It's uh, Uncharted, so for anybody that's played one, which I had not, actually, uh, you pretty much know what you're getting into from my impression. Uh, it's uh, it's following uh, Drake, actually set before the first game. I didn't know that until I did a little uh, digging in. So it's actually set before uh, Drake's Fortune. Uh, there's, uh, as far as I know, at least three new characters to the series. Uh, one character that makes an appearance who's from the series besides Drake, obviously. Uh I can totally see why some people were saying back a few years that they uh, needed to get um, Nathan Fillion. And actually, I make a reference to that in there uh, in my review uh, to play the character. The the lines, the delivery, it, it's very much uh, Nathan Fillion does uh, Indiana Jones with more guns. Uh, so... The it, the game is is gorgeous. Uh, I just I still cannot get over. There were times where I would just sit there and look at the scenery. I, I just rotate the camera around, look at the scenery. Uh, two thumbsticks, two shoulder buttons. 
basically it plays like any third person action shooter that you've ever played on a console uh, with the exception of, okay, you don't have the second set of triggers, so the grenades become either a tap of the was it square key or you actually can drag the icon onto the screen where you want with the touch. Um, the touch features were interesting. Some of them you had to do. Some of them were optional. Uh, like there's a trophy for using the back touch screen to climb a rope. Uh, you do it a couple of times, then you're just like push up because it does the same thing. Um, similar with the grenades, usually it's like you're in a firefight. You don't have time to take your fingers off the controls and drag the grenade where you want it to go. You just hit the button and hope it hits somewhere near where you want to go. Uh, many of the puzzles, though, there there are puzzles that require touch. Uh, you've got you know a map or something that's been ripped up into pieces, and you have to rotate the pieces and put them into the puzzle frame to make them fit. Uh, there's a couple of different uh, contextual things with the machete and other things that that make you do it uh it's also a collectathon there are a gajillion and 12 things to collect in this game and i don't know if that's a thing in the uncharted series proper but there are a gajillion and six things to collect in this game so if you're a collector you'll go nuts uh overall excellent story uh, full triple a quality script and audio and voice acting um the characters are all well done. All of the models are excellent. It looks great. The only thing that really becomes kind of a drawdown to it is it does get repetitive. It, it is very much the same four things over and over and over and over again. Now, they do break it up every once in a while into a couple of different things, which yeah, helps break it up. Um, I never sat down in any long term. The longest time I ever played it was while I was sitting on a plane uh, flying back and forth from here to somewhere else. And so that was maybe a little over an hour, hour and a half. So it's about there. That's about the longest I ever sat and played it at once. So it never really got too wearing on me. Uh, also, he must have the forearms and fingers of a gorilla because you spend nine tenths of this game climbing. And I, I never did figure out how his arms just didn't fall off or he didn't die of exhaustion from all the climbing he does. Uh, but there is a lot of climbing. Uh, hey, Neil. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm trying to do it quick, all right? Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know what? I totally forgot what score I gave it. <laughs> I think I gave it an eight. Um, if I had to score it graphically, it would be uh, right off the top of my head. Graphically, it would be a, a nine and a half, ten. Uh, Storyline would be a nine. I'd probably say I probably dropped it down to an eight just simply because of the repetitiveness and the the climbing. And you, we'll put the uh, link to the review in the show notes. And uh, you, you actually gave it a nine out of ten turquoise pizzas. Ah, uh, nine out of ten turquoise pizzas. All right, I was feeling more forgiving about all the climbing. <laughs> No, I was saying that's why I wasn't I wasn't complaining about the, the length of you talking about that. I was saying that's why his arms never fell off. His co cocaine is a hell of a drug. Ah, uh, got it. I see. So yes. Well, there there was there was a lot of references to drugs in there. So. <laughs> well, uh, did, are you? When do you think? Do you have like a a general ballpark of when you're going to pick up your Rita? Nope. <laughs> And that this has been verbose answers with trial access. <laughs> I spoke a lot last episode, so I was trying to figure I'd curtail it this time. 
I, I do want to um, hit on something else he he said yeah, before we leave this one though. He, he, I got burned. I didn't even buy my PSP first generation. I got burned because when I went into the GameStop, they actually dug down to the bottom of the barrel and gave me, and this was Yakamoto Joe, for those of you who remember on the old show, gave me an old Gen 1, and I popped it open, and it had like 42 busted pixels, and I took it in, and they gave me, I don't know, whatever number they were. I think it was a 2000 that they were on at that point, and life was fine from there. But I have heard zero issues with this handheld since it's been launched there was I haven't actually, heard of a single thing yeah there was actually a couple reports of dead pixels on on launch but i mean the number was really low and sony addressed it immediately uh with the issues that i had seen the cases i had seen of it and nobody was complaining you know that there were issues i i like i said i love the system i it's the handheld i've always dreamt of and the, the fact that there's so many games on it. But the reason, uh, trial, that I said get the 32-gigabyte memory stick is because if you do that, then you never have to swap memory cards. If you get a little one, one or two games will fit on that memory card at most, and then you'll be swapping all the time. And if you lose one, then heaven help you. Uh, it's just easier to download games from the PS Store, you know, PSN, and when you're not using it, delete it. You've still got the download file forever and ever. That was actually one of the issues that I had with the PSP because originally I had five uh, half a gig sticks that had all of – if I wanted to listen to music, I used this stick. If I wanted to look at pictures, I used this stick. If I wanted to watch videos, I used it. And so I – yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Thank you. And hopefully the price is going to come down on those stupid things soon. <laughs> but probably not. Probably I, have, not. I have three you know, things I can trade for lots of money. To buy gig sticks, if anybody's out there interested in a form of manual, somebody, a kid who can do manual labor, you know, they're really what? young, so they're trade, they're easy to trade. Oh, I was really <laughs> wondering where you were going with that for a minute. I, I thought there was going to be a alley involved, and closing your eyes, something like that. It was really scary there for a second. <laughs> I didn't realize you were talking about your kids. No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it has been reported uh, that Isaac Clark from Dead Space and Zeus from God of War will be joining PlayStation All-Stars with a mashup stage uh, from the original Medieval uh, and Unfinished Swan. And uh, I've, I've seen video of the various characters in action. It looks like Isaac is going to be another fast and flexible fighter uh, with a range of different uh, projectile weapons. Uh, his supers look to be... Uh, both close and mid-range, although his level 3 looks the best. You actually end up on one of the ships that he's stranded on. Uh, the the air hatch is broken and everybody floats into space. And Isaac you know, can use his suit to ma- manipulate gravity and go around and kill people while they're floating in zero Gs. It's pretty sweet. Uh, and then uh, Zeus from God of War uh, will be also playable. And he looks like basically the Incredible Hulk with lightning. Uh, he's going to be very, very slow, but all of his moves, every single one of his moves can be a charge move, <laughs> which is ridiculous because he can be knocked out of it really easily. But the fact that, you know, if you leave him alone and he sits there charging in the corner, that's going to be very bad for everybody. <laughs> so uh, it looks very interesting, and uh, they're saying that should arrive in uh, late March. 
I love any fighting game where you can download more characters. So more power to it. Yeah, it's it's really a good game, and if you haven't checked it out, they do have a free demo. I highly recommend you you get it because it is worth your time. And I and I just because of that, I thought of my other story. Uh, for those of you out there, I was a story short today because I got behind. But I can't find a link to it now, of course. But uh, and correct me if if I make a mistake in any of this. But uh, the uh, game fighting game uh, Skullgirls, yes, right? Skullgirls was uh, putting out a uh, it was a kickstart ish type yeah, thing. No, it was Kickstarter to to fund a, a new DLC character. Give it everything from background and animations and and the whole nine yards. And they were asking for a hundred and was one hundred twenty hundred twenty five k. And they were thinking that this was going to be really hard to do, and they raised it in a day. Yep. That's crazy. Fighting game people, you're all crazy. But anyway. Yay, hey, now I have another hey, story. Hey, hey, Not crazy. Not crazy. Dedicated. I'm sorry. Dedicated. Which <laughs> <laughs> is code for crazy. <laughs> that it, could it, be it, the title of the show, too. I'm not sure. Now I'm kind of torn. It could be, it could be um, what is it? Generously fanatical. They're generously fanatical about it. They're rabid wolverines. They're rabid wolverines <laughs> with less schnick. Wolverines. What's your next story, Trial? Hold, hold. Shut that up. Was, that was that was it for me. <laughs> oh, he's done. Well, since I went out of order, you go ahead, and then I'll do my. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, the Wii U... Well, I actually played the wrong sound for that then. <laughs> I get to play a there we go. The Wii U sales, for the first time, have dipped below Vita sales in weekly charts in Japan for the first time ever. The Wii U sold just 9,633 units last week, while the Vita sold 11,456. And that's before the price drop for the Vita goes into effect tomorrow. Uh, you know, the the Vita has been struggling in Japan, uh, America also, uh, but I think it's starting to pick up momentum. And I wanted to take a moment and do a quick PSA here. Uh, I actually own a Wii U. Uh, I was never going to buy a Wii U. However, my fiance uh, insisted that we have it. And so we purchased the Wii U. And I have to say, now that we've had it in... Uh, the house for a while, it's pretty neat. The second screen technology is awesome. If she wants to play uh, one of her games, she can do it while I'm on the big screen or vice versa. Sometimes, you know, I'll pick up Mario and I'll play on the little screen. Um, we can play multiplayer together on one screen on the big screen. Uh, I actually have no complaints about the Wii U other than the fact that there is no software for it. And Nintendo seems to have really screwed up this launch they have they they put a glut of stuff out at the beginning and now there's just dead space and i'm not talking about the ea game there's just nothing for the foreseeable future and it does make me a little concerned um if they don't start getting garnering more third-party support and getting more titles out the door i really think that this could be uh the dreamcast for Nintendo. And as we all know what happened after the Dreamcast, there was no more hardware from Sega. 
What do you guys think? So I think that's going to be unfortunate. I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, anytime consumers have less choices, I think it's bad for everybody. I, I don't, I, I think we're, we're premature on this, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think this is a threat. I mean, I honestly would love it if Nintendo went back to just making games and, uh, you know, pre Famicom slash NES, they were a game maker. That's what they did. They made games that were played in arcades back when there were things that were arcades and they had video games in them, not things that scared you. Um, and, uh, you know, but I mean, how many times did we decry the end of Nintendo's handheld uh, legacy when when the 3DS didn't do so well at launch, and now everybody's all like, "Oh, it's great! It does that!" And look at all these games, blah blah blah. It's got a slow start, but it seems to me like it, that that's just kind of the way it's going these days for Nintendo. They 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 don't get a good jump on it, and then but then in the long haul, they end up doing just fine. Well, are I they really going to are so. they going to be the are they going to be the you know never ending money printing machine that they used to? Doesn't look like it, but I don't think they're in danger. Well, I, I think they're they're in, and, and I should clarify. Uh, you know, I think one of the major problems. I, I don't get me wrong. I really like the Wii U. It's really a lot of fun. I it's fun to say. Wii yeah, Wii that too. But the thing for me is that I'm getting Mario fatigue. <laughs> you know, it, it's like it's the same IPs over and over and over and over and over again. And and I'm, you know, how many times can I be smooth at Mario before I, you know, start throwing up one-ups? <laughs> it's a case of, you know, great, we're going to get another Zelda. And it's going to be just a little bit different from the last Zelda. And hooray. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I want them to innovate. Their software too, and right now, I mean, we got Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers two with the system, and it's it's interesting because you know you've got the multiplayer aspect of it, but I will say that if you've never played uh, a side-scrolling Mario with multiple people that can actually physically touch and hurt each other, and knock people off ledges, and run people into spikes in the ceiling guess what it's actually more difficult to play multiplayer than it is to play by yourself and there comes a point where you just start you you grab the little screen and say i'm going off on my own to play <laughs> it's it's happened multiple times for at parties uh here because people get really frustrated when somebody you know they've just spent the last two minutes traversing this really hazardous set of pits to jump over and then one of their own friends knocks them off it's pretty brutal it's pretty brutal and to clarify you're talking about the new super mario brothers 2 not yes. the old super mario yes, brothers thank 2 you. the new super mario brothers 2 yes indeed which i will be putting up a video review at some point for so yes uh, i i would like to see a little more innovation on the software side too and and I know that people who buy Nintendo buy it for those franchises, but I'm just wondering if they're really doing enough to keep the fan base happy. Uh, I, I don't regret the purchase at all, um, but I would like to see more software and more changing software, but that's just me. 
Yeah, the, the one series that really frustrates me is Legend of Zelda because the first four games, there was so much innovation and change and rearrange, and then they stopped. I'd love to see a... a I would love to see a Wii U sequel to Link to the Past. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, that's that's the one game that was wholeheartedly different in the series. You know, I, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see them bring back some of the older franchises like ActRaiser. I mean, can you imagine that kind wow. of, you know, world-building god simulation in HD? <laughs> that would be amazing. You know, yep. it, it just seems like they, they have a whole lot of breadth of things that they don't tap and they could. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, so now your, your PlayStation story so I can play my proper sound. All right, so um, well, another one. I guess I'm full of rumors today here, but uh, there's been a rumor floating around out there. Uh, recently, a, a NeoGAF noticed that there was a patent uh, played out there by Sony for measuring load times as a form of piracy detection. As uh, we all know, there has been a lot of talk about the used game and pirated games, and the and actually the term is incorrect, pirated. Uh, anyway, if my ethics teacher were listening right now, she'd be all over me. But uh, wait a minute, that didn't sound. Yeah, good. she'd she be would. all over my misuse of the term piracy. Let me clarify that there was no. Yeah, she would. <laughs> she'd be all over that. Oh, dumb. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna stop talking now. Um, anyway, using measuring load times as a way to determine whether it's a legitimate copy or not, uh, I don't know. That sounds pretty iffy to me. There's way too many things that can affect a load time of something to, to really call that a reliable source. But anyway, it was another thing out there. There's still talks. There's still rumblings. And, you know, after all the carbuncle and debacles and whatever that have gone on with DRM, stuff for the, on the PC side in the last couple of years. Anytime some of this stuff comes up, it you know, try to fix one thing and you break 12 others. So The blue translucent fox with a gem in its forehead of DLC? You said what? the car, carbuncle of, of <laughs> DRM. <laughs> DRM, yes, yes. <laughs> blue translucent fox, yes, yes. Yeah, so just checking that we were on the same page there. No, I, I, I think... I don't know. It really doesn't. I don't know anyone who has a PlayStation Three that's modded, and I I don't you know. Unlike the PS Two, I don't see advertisements for chips or anything along that line to break the system open for pirates. You know, if they want to patent that technology, it's not going to affect me. Uh, is is it going to affect you? It'll only affect me if they implement it and it's crappy. Right, which, I mean, something like that, you know, they're going to know what the standard load time is from boot to this. You know, I figured they'll have probably what will happen is, I don't know. I, I don't even want to speculate. I, mean, I, I think it's, it's really neither I think it's more there. posturing so, than anything else, to be honest. But yeah, my, my one problem with that is I, I have a modded PS3 like. Maybe not in the way that you're talking about, but I've I replaced my hard drive, and no, if, that's not a mod. If it's well, but if they're measuring load times and it takes longer for things to load from my one terabyte hard drive than it would be to load from your PS4 natural six gigabyte hard drive that it came with, 
then would that be would that be telltale in itself? What what would where would the monitors be and how sensitive would they be? I have to agree, Neo. It would depend on how on how well they marketed and how well they developed the system to begin with. Well, I agree, but we don't even know if you can swap out your hard drive on a PS4 yet. Oh, you can always swap it out. Mm, not if pop, they don't give you the formatting tools. I could, I could then, pop. I could pop the case on my on the uh, slim and replace the hard drive. I actually did it, um, so I know that it's possible. It voids a whole bunch of warranties, and it probably would get no, you it trouble doesn't. With Sony. No, no, it, it's okay. completely part advertised as part of the system. That's okay. why they give you the backupping and formatting tools in the third one. Now the second one, they did not, and you could mod that to have a hard drive. Um, and load games off of it. Uh, not that I would recommend you do that, but it is something that you could do. Now, if they don't give you that option in, on the PlayStation 4, then they're not going to give you the backup and restore and reformat options for their hard drive, mm. uh, specifically to prevent against that. But I, 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 that's why I agree with Neo. I believe this is posturing. I don't think it's going to happen. It just seems like it's a whole lot of... It's kind of like some of the other things that were enacted this week, there's a whole lot of bluster about it, but there's not a whole lot of how do you prove X, Y, or Z. And, and I agree with you. That's an excellent point. You know, if you do swap out your hard drive, maybe it will take longer. Maybe it will take slower. Is that going to get you banned from your games? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think this is a real thing. I think it's posturing, just like Neo Sapien said. So, any other thoughts on that from anybody? Nope. Nope. In that case, let's. Uh, it's about that time. Let's start wrapping up the show. I know, Trial, you've got a question that you want to deposit to each of us. Yeah. Tell so us about it. I was just thinking. Um, the other day, we were, I was getting down into um, a buddy of mine who is in school for for game design right now. We were talking to him about the kinds of things that he's doing, and he's nowhere near. This, he loves the designing of like game tools but not really the plot not really um coming up with good subject matter to base the game off of that kind of stuff um but it made me think you know um if you could pick a piece of fiction um that could or would be produced into a well-made video game now that is the caveated well-made so skipping over poorly made video games of the past um what piece of fiction would you choose and what type of game would you want that to be so let's go. What about you both? Uh, that one, actually, you know, I thought about this when we first started talking about it before the show. And I was really, really struggling because, you know, I just finished the Wheel of Time series. But I, I don't think I that's what I would want. What I, so I started thinking about it. And I think what I came up with is uh, Arthur C. Clarke wrote a novel uh, quite a while ago called Childhood at, Childhood's End. And basically, if I'm remembering the story correctly, uh, <clears throat> it was just about the time that we launched one of the Apollo rockets to the moon. Uh, aliens came, and it turned out that the aliens were the devil. And they just sat there for 30 years. They didn't do anything. We saw them once, and then they stayed in their spaceship for 30 years. But it basically stopped the you know any progress of the Cold War or anything like that. And then eventually uh, they were there to witness the end of the earth and they took somebody off in space and as they did, uh, the earth was destroyed 
because of the difference in time and space and all that type of stuff. 80 years later, he returned once and then went back with them again, I think, and, and Earth died in the middle of it. And I would love to see that story played out uh, because there's so much uncertainty as you're reading it of what exactly is going on. I would love to see that played out in the Walking Dead style Telltale story game. Hmm. Well, what about you, Neil? Wow. Um, well, I'm 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 gonna really sound like I didn't put much thought into this, which I did. But uh, I've actually been on uh, uh, I've been on an Ender's Game kick uh, recently. Can't wait for the movie. I know, I know. I I bought the trade of the of the story by the comic form, the trade paperback, just to see how they did the arts, the visual style, to get some ideas for what they may have done with the movie and. Um, it's a pretty good read. If anybody's interested, it is definitely the highlight reel though. So if you're expecting the full novel experience, it, it's, it's not, it's the highlight reel, but which the movie obviously is also going to be. Uh, but I would like to see, uh, Ender's game done. And, and honestly, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on this. I would like to see it done probably as many different types of games. I would like to see a first person or third person, I'm not sure which, battle room simulator. Uh, the zero G room where they have the, the tunes going against, or not the tunes, the armies going against each other. Uh, you know, you could play a tune leader or, and then you know, work your way up the ranks. Uh, side games, they had the arcade room. So you, the mini games to like level up your character or whatever could be the, the um, the arcade games from the, the game floor. And then once you beat that part of the game, you completely switch gears and you go to an RTS. Yep. I'm right there with you. I'm on the exact same page as you, my friend, which is exactly what they did in, in the story. Um, and not, not giving away any, any plot details there, but, uh, I, I think that would be glorious. And with the fact that it's getting the hype from the movie and it's just still one of my favorite books, ever and each time i read it and i get older i just my perspective on it changes just a little bit but it's still just amazing i think that's the first book i ever read that doesn't have a single swear word in it yeah, i don't um, even think it has words to replace swear words no like it does it does fracker really no it does it has it has replacement words but they, i mean they're pretty mild yeah they're extremely mild i don't want to know what kind of other words other books you're reading when you were younger if that's the <laughs> first one that didn't have cuss words in it <laughs> well I, I, I hate to admit this but i did not read that book until about 10 years ago yeah because i read actually, it, I I read it in seventh that. grade for the first time you know oh, it, wow. it had always been on my list and orson scott card i i've always liked what i've heard about his work and i just never got to it and I read it, and I was like, O-M-G-W-T-F-B-B-Q-L-O-L. Um, it, is, it is worth noting for anybody out there that, that does or doesn't enjoy reading, um, the first Ender's Game series, the first Ender's Game book is a, is a typically a quick read. Even people that don't necessarily pick up books that often, um, I've, I've talked to a lot of folks, and they really enjoy it as well. Uh, my brother doesn't pick up books that often, um, but he really liked the first one. And, and and you can read it as a standalone book because it's not like it it does open the door for the rest of the series but i i didn't even know at the time that there were other books yeah when i read it and, and they're very different style wise so it, it it does great as a standalone 
And this, actually, is, you like this, this style. has been the Gamers Lug, Gamers Ledge uh, book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I'm if you like the style of Ender's Game, you'd be better off to switch over to the Shadow series because that's a lot more in the style of Ender's Game than the continuation of actual Ender's story. And the Shadow game is told from the viewpoint Bean. of Bean. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all hardcore geeks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm actually not looking forward to the to the movie. I I totally I'm, am. I am and I'm not. I can't I can't stand the fact that they made the kids older because since I've been old enough for that to have an impact on me, that is such a significant thing, the age of the children that this happens to. And they're making them all like fifteen. Yeah. But I can I can see the challenges inherent with training an actor to get the range of depth. Right. But the that... dude who they cast as Ender made his first film at ten. He was the kid in the boy in the striped pajamas. Okay. Why, Trial, how why, about you? Why, why are you angry at us? Yeah, I know. Why, why are, are you, you angry, angry at us? us? <laughs> because get off my me. digital lawn. Um, I I have I have two that that vie for top position. Um, the, and they're both book series. Go figure. Um, the first one would be the Dragon Riders of Pern. Um, oh. that series came out a long, a while ago. <laughs> How do you um, even know about that? That was like, you weren't born for like three years <laughs> after that came out. Um, but it's, it's a really good series. It hasn't seen a lot of anything other than the books. And it's about, um, these groups of people living on another planet, um, that, um, live there and uh, train and are protected by these groups of dragon riders that every so often there will be a, a space storm essentially that drops these living sentient threads, um, life eating matter eating threads from space that the dragons have to destroy. And now that I mention it that way, it sounds really corny, but it's really good. I promise. Um, but it's a series of, of quite a few books and it goes into a whole bunch of different things, fantasy and sci-fi and the like. And I would like to see that as either a point of view of the dragon writer um, as like an action adventure um, because, you know, dragons, I, people love dragons anyway, but um or and this is this is the this probably the stranger type of gamer in me speaking i like open ended mmos um i like mmos that take into consideration people that don't like pvp and people that don't necessarily want to do combat their entire time um one of the best games that i've that i've played so far in that respect was star wars galaxies which i'll probably get booed and hissed at i'm sure um but it had an excellent crafting and excellent um different groupings so that you could do you could play the entire game and not have to worry about combat um play the game for something else in that universe and i i think it'd be neat to have that capability and that option in a game like this where um you could have full holds of people as dragon riders protecting the people on the ground and you could be five people fighting in a war you could there could, there's tons of room that you could do so that would be the first of the two the second um would also be either an action adventure or MMO or a mush of both now that we've seen kind of that them doing that with things like Guild Wars 2 because you can play by yourself or in a party and either way it's still an excellent game um, The Dresden Files um, The Dresden Files are an excellent book series I'm reading it through for the fourth time um, Cold oh Days the last novel came out last November and the next novel is going to be coming out sometime after summer i'm sure um but it's an it's a it's an excellent series it's a very easy read um 
but I didn't it realize is, that was still going on. I, yeah, I thought that was like done the, a long time ago. One of the interviews I just saw with the writer Jim Butcher um, said that he had planned it as like a twenty book series or a twenty two book series or eighteen book series, something like that. And he's on book fourteen, fifteen, something there, fourteen, I think. Um, but it's a, it's a really good series. It's modern fantasy so it's about a wizard named harry dresden um that lives in chicago and does his wizard thing and it's about a whole bunch of other things that surround that but it's a modern day game and i'd love to see it as an mmo where you could pick a lot of different types of characters or types of backgrounds and really get into depth in those character roles and be able to role play that for anyone that has netflix uh the entire well the entirety of the series which was one season uh that aired on sci-fi is up there and I highly recommend it. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I know it pales in comparison to the books, but I still do recommend it quite a bit. Yeah, I watched uh, the show. I never read any of the books. So I, it, the, the show, um, when you read the books and then you watch the show, they're, they're really alike only in a very few number. Of yeah, ways. it's true. But it's taking, so a is a hockey series, stick still his, his. Nope. He has one. a, he has a, a actual staff that he carved himself. Um, and it goes into that kind of stuff, but, um, some of the ways that they show his background and things in the series, I, I really like as well, both, um, I, both of them, the book series and the TV series, I definitely suggest, but that would be my two picks. If I could see a successful video game come out of, of a piece of fiction, um, feel free. Uh, if you, the listeners have any, feel free to, to write them up in the, in the comment section, um, reply, send an email, um, let us know. We can always bring that up and talk about it later if there's any interest. And I will posit, since we, we haven't uh, entertained trial access much, a question for us to think about for next week. And that is, and, and I know, Neosapien, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage on this, but I'm sure your crafting can figure out something in a week. If you could make any role-playing game into a video game, what would you make? <laughs> As always, uh, visitinggamersledge.com is what keeps us covering the news and bringing you our insight on the gaming industry. Uh, please interact with us. Follow us on iTunes. Please be excited for E3. Uh, comment and leave feedback. <laughs> Email us at gamersledge at gmail.com to ask questions. Give us feedback or make suggestions for what you'd like to see. Video reviews of next. Um, my next. Uh, Neo, did you have any other final thoughts? Any I was gonna thoughts? wondering if you were gonna. Yeah, you know, I kind of. You, you just kind of blurred right over me. Oh, real <laughs> quick, um, two things, just real, real quick. One, uh, I, I just saw uh, over on another site that I, I frequent uh, a reposting of an image put up of the new Spider-Man outfit from Amazing Spider-Man Two, and not to overuse the word, but it is amazing. It it really is. It's only a teaser image. We don't see the whole costume, but just go ahead and take a look. It it is really. If you're a Spider-Man fan like I am, the costume in and of itself is just amazing. Amen. Um, is it is it the uh, Gwen Stacy hanging from her neck costume? Spoilers. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> I'm slapping you through the phone right now. Um, and what was your your other thought? <laughs> My other point is uh, I am planning on doing a – I'm going to try weekly, but I don't maybe buy enough to do this uh, – comic review. Uh, so be looking for the first one of those the end of this week. Awesome. And uh, this week will be a busy one for the site. 
We're going to be posting uh, the Slender, the Arrival Beta video review, as well as I've taken all the footage I'm going to use for The Walking Dead uh, and Trial just to allay your fears. I've only video captured from uh, Episode 1 because that one's been out the longest. Uh, it will be a spoiler-free as much as humanly possible, but I'm sorry you're going to learn a couple characters' names <laughs> and how they interact with each other. Not much I can do about that. Yeah, I no, gotta I tell the story. Oh, so, oh yeah, and 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 more importantly, Walking Dead this week on sale because it won one on the PSN because it won one of the categories for the uh, whatever of the year that they took the votes for last week. So it's under ten dollars this week on the yes. PSN. Oh. Trial, did you buy it yet? Nope, but I will right now. Thank Go you. buy it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's right. It's like $9.79 or something like that. I saw that yesterday as I checked out the store. So, uh, other than that, uh, like I said, you know, follow us on iTunes. We are now listed on iTunes. Uh, give us feedback. Email us at gamersledge at gmail.com to ask questions. Uh, I am Balf on the PSN. Neosapien, PSN. And Trial Access, PSN. Until next week, game on. Game on. Game on.